Welcome to Get Up in the Cool, old time music with Cameron DeWitt and friends. This week's friend is Melissa Takish. We recorded this in October, six feet apart in her backyard in Eugene, Oregon. Shout out to Jeffrey Norman for supporting Get Up in the Cool on Patreon. It means a lot. It really means a lot, especially right now when the show is quite a bit harder to make. So thank you, Jeff. If anyone listening wants to chip in like Jeff, follow the link in the show notes to patreon.com slash getupinthecool, sign up, and get yourself some exclusive rewards. One more thing before we get started, I'm teaching my pitchfork banjo technique and performing for the Winter Online Old Time Banjo Festival, January 29th through 31st. Early bird tickets are available before December 30th, which is coming up. Also on the bill are Dan Gellert, Ivy Shepard, Steve Boffman, and former guest of the show, Gabrielle McRae, as half of the Horsenecks, Maggie Shar, and of course, the hosts of this quarterly event, Kathy Fink and Brad Kalodner. Follow the link in the show notes, and I'll see you in the comments section. Stick around afterwards, and I'll tell you how to keep up with Melissa Takish, but first, here's our interview and jam. Enjoy. Thank you. 
cute. <laughs> cute as a button. <laughs> Melissa Takish, welcome to Get Up in the Cool. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm trying to remember where I met you. I feel like I've known you for a long time now. Yeah, I think maybe we met online first. Maybe chatting about something online, maybe, or I... Maybe or, it was a Jane Rothfield connection at Portland Old Time Music Gathering? Was that possible? Maybe. So I, I was... It was before I moved back, and she happened to be there the first... The first year I went. Yeah. And maybe she introduced me to you there. So that was the... Was that the... The like first years. year you went to the Portland Gathering? Yeah, like three years ago. Yeah, maybe that was it. Yeah. That yeah. sounds about right. That's probably where I met you. Yeah. I, I, I just sort of take it for granted now. Uh-huh. I know. Well, I'm so glad to know you. I'm glad you're in my life. Likewise. You're a sweet and wonderful person. Thank and you. Glad for the work that you do uh, for this community. You've done a lot. Thanks. So, I, thank I, you. I, I feel the same way about you because you've been wrangling the old-time music scene in, in this community for a while now. <laughs> wrangling and, is an appropriate word. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It does take a lot of wrangling. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, it, I've never done it, but my impression is that it takes a lot of work and patience and optimism to, to, to build an old-time music scene out of a bunch of disparate <laughs> elements. How long have you been doing that now here in Eugene? Well, um, I guess probably about 10 years. Um, so when I kind of fell into old time, I would go to, you know, Centralia or Fiddle Tunes or the Portland Gathering or the Oli Fest. And, you know, I'd come back to Eugene all revved up and ready to go hearing all these new tunes and wanting to find people to play with. And there was no one to play with. There was nothing organized. And, you know, there were there's some folks that play old time music here, but mostly just in their living rooms. Sure. And, you know, there wasn't really an organized jam or anything. And so I started um, looking for people to play with and kind of stumbled on the Oregon old time fiddlers. So I hung out with them for a bit. But, you know, when I would bring these weird tunes like you know cross tuning was something they didn't really do yeah. and you know crooked tunes were not really something they did and so as I was starting to learn and grow I kind of felt like you know they would sit quietly and listen to my interesting tune but they wouldn't join in and well, that's so nice that they would listen I know they, they <laughs> yeah. kind of they would put their instruments they down on their like, lap and <laughs> sort of fold their hands and sort of oh and clap a little bit at the end and yeah. it was like oh I just want someone to play with yeah. so um so I realized I was going to have to take matters into my own hands and that, there was one year I was at the Portland gathering and and Bill Martin was there and I told him my dilemma you know like I'm learning all these tunes and I love this music and I want to find people to play with but there really isn't a jam you know how how you know what should I do he's like well you just start a jam yourself and I said well I don't really know how to do that like I'm, I don't know anything about this and he's like wow that doesn't matter at all <laughs> so he's like you just go ahead and do it and then, he just rejects the premise yeah just stuff will happen you just start it I was like well okay yeah so so I started a jam it was at a little pizza place downtown and um oh it's have I been is that the place that's across the street from where the Willamette Valley Old Time Social was? Yes, that place. Yeah. It used to be called Cosmic Pizza, so it was the Cosmic Jam, which yeah. is, you know, a great name for a it's jam. Great. Um, uh, now it is called, uh, oh, what is it, World Pies now, I think. 
Um, but yeah, so I started a jam there and then it sort of migrated to Sam Bond's Brewing. Um, and then it sort of coalesced. There was a group of people who were saying, hey, wouldn't it be fun if we had our own festival? We should do our own festival. And so we organized the first one we had um, with the Oregon or the um, uh, Folklore Society here. Uh, we had sort of umbrella membership underneath them to be able to get our sort of nonprofit yeah. stuff, you know, sure. that first year. And then we realized um, that, you know, the, the Eugene Folklore Society was really generous and the current board supported us in what we were doing, but they mostly just do contra dances. That's their, their main focus. And so we didn't know if, you know, the future boards would continue to agree to support us in that way. So we decided sure. to become our own nonprofit. Yeah. And that was uh, five years ago. And so it was. Um, Brandon Olszewski and me and Adam Gulliford for the first couple of years. Adam's just moved back to um, Maryland and so Molly McBride. Which sucks. I know, I know. And he was, I know, that, that's really, that was a big blow. That was in February, like right before everything just kind of collapsed. Yeah. Um, two, three actually of my main musical cohorts all left town. Ugh. And then it's just lockdown and our festival which was set for May we had to cancel and I remember that decision was so hard because everything was nobody knew what was going to happen and we kept, we held on to hope that we were going to be able to do it we had um, you know the the venues all booked and we had bought the plane tickets for the performers and it was Ugh. we had to just cancel the whole thing Thing. And so we were able to squeak one last dance in on March 7th, which <laughs> was the last dance that we had. Um, and I had, I had, I've just been starting to learn to be a square dance caller too. And so I was, I'm always looking forward to any yeah, opportunity to practice. to practice on humans. Cause that's, it's really difficult to like imagine calling a square dance. You yeah. really have to actually call a square dance to learn how to do it, you know? Yeah, and animal testing is just sort of un un unethical. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I've tried all sorts of inanimate objects, but it just doesn't do the same kind of thing. So, um, yeah, so anyway, it was a rough um, spring, and we're just kind of in stasis yep. right now, just sort of waiting for the time that we can all get together and dance again. So, yeah. You know, it's kind of changed my relationship to the music a little bit, but we, this community, we still kind of come together in little ones and twos and backyards and stuff while the yeah. weather is still good and yeah. um, trying to stay connected as best we can. Yeah. But looking forward to the day when we can dance again. Yeah. Do you think, I mean, maybe you don't even want to talk about this on record, but do you think there's going to be, I mean, May, that's some time. That's when your festival normally happens. Yeah. Do you think you might do it in May? You know, we haven't even started talking about yeah. it. Part, partly, it's just because every single thing I've tried to plan over the last few months has, has to have been canceled at the last minute. So I feel like I just don't quite have the energy for totally. putting into another physical thing. Yeah, but, and then all the resources of buying tickets and stuff. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. I, I'm technically like gonna be on a on a on a bill of a festival I've 
in March. And wow. I'm just, I'm just sort of like... A, yeah, physical, well, a physical festival yes. in March? Okay. Well. Yeah. But it was rescheduled a long time ago. Yeah. And like, we'll do it in March. Things will be fixed by March. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just sort of like, yeah, you let me know. Well, I've been I've been paying attention to what uh, bigger organizations have been doing, um, uh, you know, bigger nonprofits and stuff that put on physical events, and most of them aren't planning any physical yep. things until July, it seems. Yep. So, um, you know, and then probably have to reevaluate yeah. in the spring to see, but you know, but it's okay. I think um, you know, it's it's for me, it's kind of changed my relationship to this music which for me is so much about community and and bringing people together and then mm. now i've had to really focus on just my own personal individual relationship to this music which is something i've never really spent too much time yeah it's always been kind of secondary yeah so, you know, yeah because i just want to party i exactly <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i just really love the people yeah. and the people coming together and the people doing fun things together and um, and I love the music, but um, yeah, more seeing more of a um, like a personal relationship to the music, which is me and myself at home, has been really interesting. It's been really interesting. The music for me is really like a meditation. Yeah. And it always has been that way. And I can't go very long without playing. I can only go like three days max before I start sure. to get pretty wiggy if yeah. I'm not able to play. And so when you take out the whole oh there's a dance next week and i'm gonna run over all the tunes that we're gonna play for the dance or you know right. uh there's this jam coming up and you know i'm gonna you know i'm gonna teach this new tune or something like that you know there's always kind of a yeah. a project that you work on in relation sure. to the music yeah and this time has allowed me just to kind of drift in and out of tunes as they appear mm. in my consciousness which is different it's different and it's kind of fun like i'll go on a riff with one tune for like a whole week i'll just play that one tune i've never done that because right, you always had some sort of thing that you need to be like prepping yeah. for it yeah or like oh i'm gonna bring this new tune to the jam right right and now that you don't have that that pretense for playing music yeah you're having a very just sort of organic yeah and there was a pretty the you know we we had it there was a lot going on in the schedule for us too so we had a, a slow jam that would meet often at my house but there was a couple other houses that it would kind of rotate around yeah. in and there were you know 10 or 12 people that would show up to that and that's where um we would pick um uh, about six seven tunes for the season and we would do those same tunes for um um, three months or four months and so we'd make little recordings and we'd put that up online and yeah. then people if they're learning could come to the slow jam and we would kind of break them down and you place for people to answer you know where we can answer questions for yeah. people or whatever um, so there was that and then there was the regular jam and then there were square dances and then there were house concerts and then planning for the social which is a big four day event um you know that usually takes up about half the year is planning that so um uh, 
yeah, so it was busy. Like, there was a lot going on. Yeah. And it was all uh, a big part of my identity of who I was, was staying busy with all this stuff and connecting all these people mm -hmm. and hanging out and um, having people over here to play. And then, um, so, yeah, it's, it's, everything's real different. And then also not having a summer, um, my regular summer. Mm -hmm. Like, last year I went to nine festivals. <laughs> I went... It was a lot, you know? That's so many. It was a lot. Yeah. And that's a big part of my life, you know? Um, that's how, um, you know, I find all these great new tunes to spend time on, and, you know, I don't, I don't have that, so... Yeah. Well, um, let's play another tune, and then I, I would like to ask you about what your relationship with this music changing, if there's been any, like, positive aspects of that. Yeah. And uh, if it's changed the way you might engage with the music going forward at all. Yeah. But let's play another tune first. What, what do you want to play? Let's play um, Gentleman from Virginia. Is that a G tune? Uh-huh. Okay, great. Yeah. Good tune. 
Where, where do you get your tunes? Do you get them from recordings? Do you get them from people? Well, where'd you get that one? That one, uh, I heard Gabrielle McRae do. Hmm. And it's funny because I, I think it was at the Portland Gathering or something, I heard her play it. And, um, and she had said it was, uh, she had gotten it from the Stewart Brothers. And, but I, I, don't remember ever hearing it and then I came home and looked for it and it was on my computer it was right mm -hmm. there but just something about the way she played it that made me yeah. um, pay attention to it in a way that yeah. I didn't ever pay attention to before sometimes it happens that way and that's one of the things I like about festivals is that you know yeah. you you may have heard the tune before but it just didn't catch you until you heard someone play it in a way that made sense to you or that spoke to you in a certain way yeah, it's, and it's the way they play it, and it's maybe the mood they're in that day yeah. when they're playing it. Yeah. Maybe just like the meal that you ate put you into a certain kind of state <laughs> where you're able to listen in a different way. And the light was shining in the just the right yeah. way, kind of glowing off of their little faces yeah. that were playing. Sure. <laughs> you can't get that from a, a CD. That's right. That's yeah. right. Hmm. So yeah, it's it's mostly um, uh, tunes I hear when I'm out in the summers, and then come home in the winter and dig around and see if I can find other versions and stuff on YouTube, and you know, recordings and um, you know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, I guess. But I get a lot of well, in the beginning when I first started playing, well, so I started playing when I was 40, I'm 53, so it's not that long. Started playing old time or anything or violin. Well, or? I played a little bit when I was a kid, um, just in the school orchestra. I never had any lessons or yeah. anything like that for just like I don't know, maybe three years, kind of uh, sixth, seventh grade, something yeah. like that. And then put it away for years and years. And then in college, I decided um, that I wanted to start playing again. And so I went to the Folklife Festival in Seattle and Sandy Bradley had that music aux auction. So there were just tables and tables and tables just filled with broken instruments. And so I found a bow that worked and I went down and tried every fiddle that had strings on it. And I found this one, I really liked the way it smelled. It smelled <laughs> like kind of sweat and cigars, I guess. I don't oh, know. It, it had a fun history. I guess I liked that part about it. And there was all sorts of weird stuff so in the like case. A and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I got it there and um, and then carried it around for many, many more years and you know, then I I lived in Indonesia for a while and traveled a lot and so I didn't get back into playing it until my son was like five. And I don't know, I guess I just realized that I had just become pure mom. Like there wasn't anything left to me as a individual human. Mm. Like it took so much energy, mm -hmm. um, you know, with both his dad and I working and, um, you know, trying to juggle childcare and make all that work. There, it just didn't seem like there was enough time at the end of the day for me to spend on anything for myself. Yeah. And I knew I liked music and I knew I liked playing with people. Um, and so I tried a bunch of different things. You know, I tried bluegrass, but that was a little too bro-y. It was a little too yeah. <laughs> testosterone-laden, maybe. Sure. I tried Irish music, but that was like a little too persnickety and too lacy. Um, and then I was at Folklife again, and um, with 
my fiddle this time and there was a Swedish workshop I went to that I really liked that that was fun um, and I came I had just finished with the workshop and was coming around a corner and there was a big grassy hill and on the top of it were these people playing this creepy weird tune I was like ooh, what's that and so I sat down on the side of the little grassy hill there and this guy comes up and he's like hey you should come and sit and, and join us and play I see you have your case there and I was like oh no I don't know anything I can he's like no really you should you should just come and sit right here there's a chair come and sit down and so that was Ray Leach oh yeah and so it then sounds he, like Ray Leach. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like, no no come on and you just sit down and so then he slapped a little Centralia campout sticker on my case <laughs> and then I that claimed was, you yeah he claimed me <laughs> yes and then I went um, that summer I went to Centralia and um, just had a great time. It's and a really special festival. It is. It's I've just never really super, been to anything like it before. Sweet. There's nothing going on. You don't. Yeah. There's no schedule. You just wake up in the morning, cook some breakfast, float in the river a little bit, play some tunes. I think the layout of it too is is a really interest. So, like, at a typical fiddler's convention there's all these kind of rows mm -hmm. and you can kind of get lost in rows and like this it's like this weird messy grid in yeah. most conventions and then you there's all these like weird tucked away corners and but on the leech land it's just this this loop and you can literally make your rounds and you'll and then there's a spot in the middle where you all were <laughs> but it's but it, it's it's a big loop and then there's like a little forest in the middle and you can mm -hmm. cut through the forest if you need to mm -hmm. and i think it's just something about that layout is really nice you know that you can go around and see every jam it takes a minute to mm -hmm. do it mm -hmm. and i don't know something about it is it's just it's just different yeah, you can go for your evening walk, yeah. and you just do that big loop, and you can just pretty much, you know, see who's there, and you can hear all the different tunes and the different, you know, it's it's yeah. nice. It's just a big circle. It's just a big circle. And if you're doing it with Scotty Leach, it takes forever. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, it's a, kind of like a zigzag at that point. Yeah, like, and by the time you make it to the taco truck, it's closed. Right, <laughs> yeah. yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So you went to Centralia for the first time. Yeah, that was my first yeah. uh, old-time experience. And then I went to Fiddle Tunes and, um, and then the Portland Gannett. I think, I think that first year I was just all in. Like, I, I think yeah. I just, I, I did all of it. I don't know if the Olympia thing was happening yet. Mm. I'm not sure how many years they've been doing it. Um, but... Um, yeah, through that, just getting to know this whole group of people, um, really fun community of folks. Was that scratching the identity itch of like yeah. proving to yourself and others, potentially, I'm not just a mom, I'm my own person with my own interests? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that and um, also, you know, I'm in the Myers-Briggs or whatever I'm I'm an INFP so like an okay, introvert that okay. that's the introvert one which is a lot of people are surprised to know that 
Because um, you're very gregarious. I am super social yeah. in a lot of ways, but I do also need to kind of make that time up. Like, you know, yeah. all of the energy that I spend, you know, being with people and, and doing all that, I have to have an equal amount of kind of like downtime. So, but music for me is a perfect way of like being with people without having to talk too much, you know, because yes. I mean, there's some talking, but, but there's also just like the physical being together and communicating in a different way that is easier for me in a lot of ways. And so I think um, once I found out that that was a perfect blend for me, then yeah, I was just kind of all in. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great observation. I wonder how many people in the old time music community that seem to be outgoing and it seems to come easy for them. I wonder how many of them are also introverts. Yeah. But it's just they lean on the... Well, there's that moment in any conversation at a social gathering where there's a lull and there's this pressure coming from who knows where, inside yourself, from the other person, etc. What needs to happen next? Are we, do we have enough chemistry and social intelligence to keep talking? Can we make it happen? Or are we going to move on to talk to someone else? Or are we just going to go home? Mm -hmm. And there's always that moment, but with like old time music, sounds like it's, right, sounds like it's time for another tune. Yes. Whenever there's a lull, somebody yeah. just starts scratching something out. Yeah. Fills that hole so nicely. Yeah, it's really great. <laughs> really yeah. really nice yeah I'm not saying there's a lull right now but I, I would Should like we play, to play another, another tune, tune <laughs> for the sake of spacing the tunes appropriately in the show let's, let's do that um, what's next should I go to a different key or are we staying in G what's the plan well Waynesboro oh let's do that yeah We're just yeah Thank you. 
That's a really lovely little <laughs> variation. Did you hear the little bird chirping while we were playing? We were so <laughs> mm -hmm. chirpy, chirpy. So you've spent a lot of time trying to foster this community in this area uh, after Bill Martin told you to just do it, regardless <laughs> of whether you're ready to or not. It's his fault. It's great, his fault. <laughs> great advice. I yeah. love that. Uh, and last summer was the first time you went out east to do... Was that the first time ever you had gone out east to do an old-time festival at all? Yeah. yeah. No, I've just been West Coast person. Yeah. And um, so, you know, through the West Coast festival stuff that I've done, I've met some fun people. Um, sure. So, you know, I didn't feel like I was going out blind. And I was staying at, with Jane Rothfield and um, her generous camp of folks there and you know kind of right in the middle and um i had a friend who she loves having people in her camp she does yeah she can like feed you sausage or whatever. yes yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's also nice i realized the, the big collection of people that she has to keep the rain off the the canopy like there's always someone around who can like check and make sure like the little doors are closed yeah like all the the cases are pulled in under yeah. Uh, it, there's always somebody nearby to make sure when it rains um, there's someone ready to deal mm. with it but so I had someone a friend who uh, picked me up at the airport in Columbus and we made the drive down and that was the first time I had been and um, was just really open to whatever the experience was going to be like and um, I had some other friends from Boise who it was also their first time. They were only there for, a, a, they were there for a shorter time than I was, and they had a terrible time. Oh no! And I, I get it. You know, it was my first time, and I, uh, you know, there, there was a lot of walking around at night, like looking for a place to play, like yeah. it, you know. But then. Um, when I let go into it, and I, I did play quite a bit, and I had some wonderful jams, especially with the Old Time Central people. Um, yeah. They, they were so fun and welcoming. I had a wonderful time playing with with them and um, and Dakota Carper and, and all those folks. But, um, you know, there was a lot of wandering around at night, which I felt a little sad about at first until I realized what amazing, amazing music there was that I would be missing out on if I had just been, you know, sitting down in some jam somewhere. And there were also some cultural differences, too, I think, um, between the way we do festivals out here. And I think part of it is because there are so many really wonderful musicians that live so close together and they all know each other really well. Mm -hmm. Um, that they can they they can be really selective, like they can have those perfect little five person groups, you know, where there's yeah. just one, maybe two fiddles, and you know, one guitar and one banjo, and that's it, you know, and it's knee to knee. And once they're you know that that group is set, there's no you know there's no way to get in. And but here on the West Coast, it's like we live so far apart, and there's so few of us that if you know we drive three hours to play and there's like six banjos and a harmonica like we're gonna make it work like we're, we just find a way to make it work yeah and there were occasions where like there was 
there was one woman who asked if I would come and oh, and also the dates. Like you have to set a date, like uh, to to play with someone. Like like it was so <laughs> strange. Some people do that. Yeah. Yeah. Like well, tomorrow at two fifteen, I'll I'll be able to. You could come over and we'll have a thing. And yeah. oh, okay. Uh, but there was this one woman who invited me to come and play with her uh, in the evening. And I said, great, that sounds wonderful. And she said, but I want to tell you, um, there's, there's another fiddle player that I also invited. And I, at that point, I was, I, was, I was trying so hard to really understand right. like, the culture of what was going like, on. So? And, and finally, I was just like, you know, I'm really sorry, but you're just going to have to tell me up front. What do you mean by that? Do you mean, like, when the other fiddle player comes, I should go? Like, or, yeah. or she's like, oh, no, 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 no. I just, I didn't want you to feel like, you know, uh, there were too many fiddles and you would be offended that I wow. had invited another. I was like, what is, no, none of that. No, no, no. None of that. So, so interesting. Yeah, and I think that um, for my other friends who were there, it was it was just it, it felt very exclusive, or like you know they 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 didn't feel invited to come and play. But you know I get it that um, you know a lot of times at festivals there's um, people that you love that you only see once a year. You hardly ever get to play with them, and it's just like. Um, a chance to really hunker down with some friends that you love and so yeah. if you're new and you haven't developed those relationships yet it can be really hard it can be it can feel like you know you don't fit you're not part of it yeah but really um, those relationships take time to build and you know I think some for some folks that's the part they want to just skip over they just right. want to sit down and play the tunes but it's about relationships yeah. and it's about it's a it's about um, you know spending the time and and listening to folks and getting to know folks and um, you know and it, it, it takes time yeah that's an interesting because it's like there's this idea of inclusivity or exclusivity and like this sort of it's almost a moral dichotomy sometimes when people talk about it mm -hmm. <laughs> in the context of you know traditional music communities and uh or non-communities yeah sometimes yeah <laughs> and uh that's something that often doesn't get talked about in there which is these there these are relationships and sometimes people feel like oh, I'm being excluded from the jam, when it's really like, no, you just don't have a relationship with these people yet. And sometimes it's a little bit difficult to, like, to parse when what you're doing is participating in a public thing or what you're doing is relationship building so that you can, like, and then the music will come afterwards or whatever. Uh, right. Well, that's that's why those those uh, public kind of organized hosted jams yeah. are so important at events like totally. that because, um, and it, it's important too that they are not just like the lowest common denominator, you know, slow tunes that are, you know, sure. it's it's important to to have jams that are hosted by people who are enthusiastic about the music they're playing and really love yeah. it. Like they're not just like playing tunes that are simple tunes, but they don't yeah. like those tunes. I mean, um, 
And that's one of the things that we've worked on with our jams that we have here is to make a space where tunes are played at speed, um, you know, and um, but it's it's a place where if you have questions about it or if you want to learn yeah. about it or, you know, you're totally welcome to come in and just sit down and just try, like, you know, see if it right. works, see if it doesn't work. You know, if you if you're having trouble with it, you can uh, there's a group of people there that can help you figure out, like, you know how you can learn it or so that's one thing that i think that clifftop might uh it, it might behoove clifftop to mm. have a jam that's hosted you could you know have just people sign up for a little shift you know an hour and a half or something yeah. like that a little shift of uh in, usually like a fiddle player and a guitar player as a combo who know each other who would go in and you know agree to just sort of like frame it for a little bit and like be there and then when the new people come in they have a spot to go and sit down and they can meet someone they're sitting next yeah. to someone hey i really like your banjo where'd you get your banjo and you start up those little conversations you know and those little things where are you from oh uh, and that's how those relationships are built and yeah because you can't just like force yourself to make new friends or force other people to be your friends <laughs> and it is way different to go to a public thing than to walk up to someone's camp yeah and yeah i mean i've said it before on the show but like looking back i'm realizing oh yeah the old time music community isn't sort of all welcoming and inclusive i had an experience of of making a lot of connections really quickly because of like literally just because of privilege of being assigned male at birth and passing mm -hmm. you know and all the messages thrown at me were just like oh yeah you should insert yourself in all these you know, situations and mm -hmm. not think too hard about it and mm -hmm. like just do it and maybe embarrass yourself and it'll be fine because you're a man and you'll get over it mm -hmm. you know like that's why i you know <laughs> but a lot of people for good reason don't operate that way mm -hmm. and they're act you know yeah, I mean, I don't mean to speak for all people assigned male at birth because obviously they're introverts and shy people mm -hmm. <laughs> like that too. But but yeah, there needs, even though there's thousands and thousands of people, you still have to go into someone's territory at Clifftop and, and be at their mercy, mm -hmm. which just kind of sucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And, um, you know, it's, it's hard to be vulnerable, too. Like, you, you, you walk up and you hear they're playing your favorite tune, and you love that tune, and you, you stand there and you listen, and they're playing another one that you really like, too. Yeah. And you're like, oh, gosh, I really I like these people, and I like yeah. the way they're playing, and I sure would like to sit down and play with them. And it does take a certain kind of person who would, be, who would feel comfortable asking. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, and there are groups where they would say no. Sure. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. We're not looking for any new people right now. Um, and, hopefully, so, and hopefully they say no in like a really nice and gentle way. Yeah. You know, but not always. Not always. always yeah. Anymore. Yeah. And so when we think about that in terms of, um, you know, these it, it's important that that we have the ability to have our little jams with each other uh, but also realizing that you know if you're going to a festival you know part of the fun of that is meeting new people and yeah. and 
you know, inviting new people in. And you can have your private little gent. You can rent an Airbnb somewhere with you and your five totally. friends. Any time of the year, you don't need to go to some big festival uh, to be able to do that if that's your thing. Yeah. And so, you know, I would encourage people um, to, to look at the time they spend and who they spend playing it with, mm. you know, and to look for new people to bring in. And um, so for me, how that worked for me is at Fiddle Tunes and at um, Centralia, I usually have a giant pot of some kind of food <laughs> boiling on my yeah. stove. And I have a pretty deluxe little camp setup thing there. You know, I have like a living room and there's a kitchen and there's always good snacks. Yeah. Snacks are a great way to attract people. And so, um, I've met so many uh, wonderful and hungry people over the years who have become some of my closest lovelies. Mm. Um, all my lost boys that come and camp and snuffle around. They're just wonderful people and you know I never would have met them if I had just been playing with the same five friends that sure. I started with, right? So. Yeah. Um, I would encourage everyone to look at your habits when you're at a festival jamming and maybe carve out some time that's just for you and your closest lovelies. But yeah. then also make sure that you look for people who seem lost or that seem alone and invite them to come in. And it doesn't have to be for hours and hours and hours. You could say, hey, we're yeah. playing for, you know, a half hour over here. You want to come and sit with us and, yeah. you know, share a beer and... Um, so, anyway, I, I would encourage people to look for lost folks, because they're... Look for the lost ones. Look for the lost ones. <laughs> That's lovely. That's important. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Another tune? What do you want to play? Should we go to D now, maybe? Yeah, let's go to D. Um, I'll play that Skagit. McGray's and the Linds had a band called New Five Cents, I think. And there's a recording of it. It's funny because I, I, I remember seeing them in the hallway. They were like outside the bar or whatever. And hearing this tune and thinking, oh, that's a really cool tune. And someone recorded it and later on it's on YouTube. But at that time it was called Nick Steelman Goes to Europe and Dates Exotic Women. <laughs> <laughs> but then... I don't know. I don't know Nick. Um, I know Nick. Ray Ray says he's very handsome, but that's all I know. Um, you know what? I think it's safe to say on record, he's handsome. He's a good-looking, good-looking person. And so, um, but the tune name has now been changed to Skagit. Well, shit, not for me. <laughs> that's what I think of what I hear now. It's documented. I, I didn't hear the name of it at the gathering, but then whoever posted it online put that in there. So, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see what comes of this. Oh, wow. <laughs>
Did we specifically say that Gabrielle McRae wrote that? Um, I think it, I it, think we did say okay. that. It is true. Uh, I think we said I that. I just want it on record. Give yes. Credit, credit yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Skagit. Skagit. The official name. Yeah. <laughs> she, she, I think, is my favorite fiddler of all time right oh, now, currently. Wow. Uh, when you watch her play for a dance in particular, I mean, it's just... Um, it, she is so powerful and just oh my god everything about the way she moves is just mm. stunning I, she's a, a wonderful filler I I couldn't agree more uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway so we're gonna do one more tune and before we do that this is where I normally ask my guests to plug or promote the things that they're doing and I would imagine that whenever this happens again, you'd want people to come to the Willamette Valley Old Time Social. Yeah, which is yeah. A, a lovely festival. Yeah, I think I've only been once now. Yeah, it is. It's super sweet. This would have been our fifth one yeah. um, that was just recently canceled, mm. and so. So Mud City Old Time Society is uh, our little group of compatriots here in Eugene and we do have a website so anybody can go there just go to Google and just type in Mud City and Eugene we come right up and it has a calendar of events and it has um, a listing of all our uh, you know jams and locations and stuff like that on there you can also get in touch with me that way if anybody knows someone who's moving to Eugene yeah. and is looking for you know a way to hook into the community I'd love to hear from them um, and then also um, I love to help beginners learn how to play fiddle like especially frightened adults that seems to be my wheelhouse mm. uh, you know frightened uh, adults who've never played instruments before uh, fear can be a big uh, uh, barrier to being able to enjoy playing and so I really like helping people kind of get over that um, and then, uh, yeah, so the social happens uh, the second week of May every year. We'll see if it happens yeah. uh, this coming year. Um, and it's four days, and we have um, all sorts of wonderful events that are hooked in with that. So I'd encourage anybody to uh, at least just sign up on our uh, email list or um, on our Facebook page to find out what what's going to happen with that in 2021. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, hopefully Operation Turbo Drive or whatever. Exactly. <laughs> Get exactly. something done. We'll see. <laughs> right. We'll see how we'll see how it works out. Yeah. That's a that's a call for anyone who needs to hear it. If the doctors are saying that it's safe, take it. Take the vaccine so we can have the Willamette Valley all time please. Please, 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 please take Everybody it. Everybody take it. <laughs> please take the vaccine. So, all right. Well, um, I think uh, since we talked about Jane Rothfield before, we should probably go to A, right? And yeah. we should do it in the moment. Let's play a Jane. Jane. So, yeah, yeah, boy. Mm. Thanks so much for doing this, Melissa. Yeah. It's really lovely. Oh, what a beautiful day, too, with the sun shining and uh, just a little, a little taste of what normal life was like playing with people for yeah, fun. It's a taste. Ah, it's just lovely. Thank you, Cameron.
Visit the Mud City Old Time Society website at mudcityoldtime.org for more info about the Willamette Valley Old Time Social, local jams, and how to contact Melissa Takish to get involved. You can support Get Up in the Cool by sharing the show with a friend or sharing and liking the video posts on Facebook, Instagram, Reddit, and YouTube. And if you're able, please help fund this podcast by signing up at patreon.com slash getupinthecool. You can order a mask, t-shirt, bag, sticker, or phone case at Get Up in the Cool's merch store. Visit pitchforkbanjo.com for my instructional banjo series. 
check out my other podcast, Think Outside the Box Set. It's available in all the same places as Get Up in the Cool. And again, everything I just mentioned is linked in the show notes for this episode in your podcast app. That's all for now, friends. Thanks for listening. Come back same time next week to Get Up in the Cool. <laughs>